You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Chuck Marone with Strong Towns. Welcome back to the Strong Towns Podcast. I'm sitting in a Caribou Coffee in Hemming, Minnesota, across the table from Andrew Hennigman with Makerspace. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew. Thank you for having me, Chuck. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to have a chance to chat with you. I know you chatted with Rachel in her office, and she, she did a really nice write-up on your organization, but I said, I got to go up and talk to him myself. Awesome. So here I am. Well, now, I, I want to first know a little bit about you. Okay. You're a local? Yep. You yep. grew up where? Grew up in Hibbing. I was born and raised in Hibbing. I've lived in a couple different houses in Hibbing. Lived just out of town, lived in town, still live in town. Uh, went to college in Virginia, Minnesota. Okay. Got uh, my engineering degree from Iron Range Engineering, which is a satellite program through Mankato State University. Wow, so, so you I, have a four-year engineering degree. Yep. What kind of engineering? Uh, bachelor's Science in Engineering. Okay. So uh, I did a very general, broad approach. Sure, because sure. Because you don't really know where you're going to end up. So I took classes in thermo. I did elect- uh, oh, man. electronics. Oh, I did I hated systems. thermo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I kind of really got dived in at least a little bit into a lot of different fields and yeah. probably the most interest in systems. What attracted you to that? I mean, you're you're a student here in Hibbing, you're going to high school, you're living the dream, and you yep. say, I, I want to do engineering. Like, well, what? To be honest, I, so I, I didn't have enough money to go to school when I left high school, so I went right. to work. Went to work as a diesel mechanic. Well, I started out sandblasting, um, but kind of worked my way into some of the diesel mechanics. And then decided to come back to school and really i just looked back on test scores and yeah. said well engineering makes sense i can do this. i don't know what this thing called engineering is yeah. but it makes sense <laughs> so i went for it i knew you know you design you build we, there like- was a there was a joke when i first started out because i was civil yep. um when i first started out on the first job site they used to say you know four years ago i didn't know what an engineer was and now i is one yep <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so kind of that deal? Yep. And then uh, about halfway through, I found the program over in Virginia, Minnesota, and yeah. said, oh, I can actually finish my four-year. And it's project-based. Okay. So I got to work with uh, Mintac. I got to work with U.S. Steel, Minnesota Power. And actually, the Iron Range Makerspace started as a semester project. Okay. Knowing it would go beyond, but really I found that that, that hands-on kind of style really was suited me now i understood what engineering was it was that design going through a design process more than anything okay and loved it Let, so. let's talk about makerspace then yeah because that's why that's why we're here chatting yep absolutely w- one of the things that we really want to do this week with our highlighting of the iron range is yep. really look at i'm not even going to call them non-traditional because really they're the very traditional way of bootstrapping a community these kind of small incremental jobs, the idea of empowering local entrepreneurs. Yep. This is something new for this region in a sense. Yep. Talk a little bit about, let's give the elevator speech of what Makerspace is. Okay. And then I want to dive into how you got started doing this and, okay. and kind of the progression a little okay. bit. So what is Makerspace? So the Iron Range Makerspace will be a facility that basically just as simple as this enables making. Now that making can be 
making food in a commercial kitchen. It could be making uh, something on, on the laser, making something in the CNC. But really what we're going to do is we're going to house probably over $200,000 worth of equipment and tooling and provide it to the public for a monthly fee, a lot like a gym membership operates. And that's really what it is. It's somewhere that you can really unleash your creative freedom. Is it correct to call this a co-op model or is it a more of a membership model? How, how does... It would be membership, okay. uh, but really with that co-op feel. Okay. So I become a member of Makerspace. That gets me access to all these different things that I can use to hack stuff and make things and exactly. be my own entrepreneur. Yep. So 40 bucks a month or so gets you access to an 11,000 square You're foot joking facility. No. Nope. That's an insane... You got to raise yep. that price. Yeah. Well, we're trying not to. <laughs> So the idea is that in addition to that, because I was when I was reading about this, I'm thinking, yep. okay, it'd be like 400 a month or 500 a month. Yep, You're talking 40 bucks a month. I'm going to be able to access yep. a whole range of gear that's going to allow me to, to to do all kinds of things. Yep, absolutely. And we're trying to trying to keep that price low so we can have the biggest impact. Right. So that also likely is to get us more members, which makes our revenue model a little more feasible for more people. Before we delve in too deeply into it, yep. I, I, I want to go way back to where this started. You said you were in engineering school. Yep. You said it just a minute ago. You got out of high school and you went into welding. Is that what it was? Diesel mechanic. Diesel mechanic. Yeah. Okay, you were a diesel mechanic. Yep. And then you're like, hey, I gotta, I'm going to go back to school. Yep. I'm going to get serious about life. Yep. I think I could be maybe an engineer. Yep. <laughs> now you find yourself in engineering school. What was the inspiration? Like, how'd you get into this? There were a couple things. So all my life, I've been a maker of some sort. I've dabbled in carpentry. I've dabbled in drawing and graphic design, all this stuff. Love it. Love having access to everything and doing it all. And then when I was in college... You're the original hacker. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was in college, I had this, this group, and, and the whole college was just makers, and we have labs where we can make whatever we wanted. It really was a makerspace. And I loved it. I love that feeling of community, that, that kind of the innovation in the air. And I saw my first makerspace and said, that's what I want for my area. I want this. And I said, somebody should do that. Not me, but somebody should do that. Right, right. Yeah. And then people kept asking me about it. And I said, well, why not? So I asked the director of the program. I said, can I do this? I want to do this for a project. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to accomplish. And here's the team I want. And he said, all right. So I recruited them. They all said yes. And we did it. What was involved in starting it, getting it set up? Because clearly you said this wasn't me. No. Nope. Right. This, these aren't skill sets they teach you in engineering school. Uh, how to in set up. Some, yeah. yeah. We really spent a lot of time going through a design process. Okay. That's really, I think, the biggest takeaway that we got. Yeah. And now that design process, you can apply to anything. So what we did was we planned it out. We planned out what we're going to do in our four-month semester. And then we kind of went into what are our objectives? What do we want to gain out of it? Okay, identify that. What do we want to learn? And then we started testing things. So, so how we did that is we went through and looked at what equipment we want, what areas we want to do, what's going to get us the best result. So what's going to pull people in? Well, that's 3D printers and carpentry. Wood is cheap. People spend a lot of time doing uh, woodworking because they can afford it. 3D printers get them in the door because it's like, wow, that's some new technology. Yeah, sweet. Yep. 
and and so those are what we're going to kind of pull people with in our area automotive is big so we're going to pull people with that we toured maker spaces all the way from houston texas to pittsburgh to chicago the cities we went all over the country and, and contacted people all over the country trying to get what's the best way to do this so I, i'm ignorant of this i have not seen this in other okay. places this is a model that other places are doing that you're learning from not the exact model but okay. yes okay so so the makerspace kind of concept is actually global at this point okay i was talking with one of our contacts out in on the east coast and he's working to try to get one in vietnam okay wow so i mean they're all over. It's a cool concept. They just look different ways. So the original ones, I believe, I believe started in Germany, and what they started as was specifically hacking, so computer hacking. Oh, okay. And they were spaces. That's how the term hacker space came about. Yeah. And what they did was they kind of took turns hacking into a light system on the side of a building. Okay. And... <laughs> cool concept but then it kind of evolves into different things for different areas okay now your makerspace Mm -hmm. the iron range makerspace where's this going to be so we're actually looking at centering and hibbing we feel that we'll be able to hit the highest population base Mm -hmm. on the iron range by doing that and in addition to that we kind of have our eyes on uh building next door actually uh the old vfw we think that'll work uh we've got some secondary options if that doesn't go through but okay yeah. Is this just an attempt by you to get a bunch of cool people to hang out with and, it, and make things with? Or In the heart of it, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, that that was kind of one of the original ideas was that we just want yeah. cool people to hang out with, innovative yeah. people, doing something different. Right. Not necessarily going to the bars, right? Right. So at Friday night, why not just be innovative and go do something like this? And it, it's also evolved into, well holy cows, we can actually have a huge impact on our area with our downturn in mining, with things like that. And this would enable entrepreneurs to do so much more with yeah. their time yeah, and cut cut down the operating costs and just go from idea to prototype. Friday, you have an idea. Tuesday, you've got your prototype. Yeah. You have a full-time job. You, this yes, isn't what you do yep. full-time. You do something else. What, what is it that you do, like, for a career? Yep. So I'm a manufacturing supervisor over at Detroit Reman, where we remanufacture electronic components for semi-trucks. Okay. So Makerspace is, I didn't want to call it a hobby. Is this something that you hope would grow into something you could do more? Or are, are you one of the entrepreneurs that maybe will will come up with an idea? Or are you just trying to build this platform for others to kind of so, riff off of? Yep. Great question, because it's a hard choice, too. What my goal is, is that I can start this and I can run it initially on nights and weekends. Yeah. I have an assortment of people that will run it during the day, at least open partial. And down the road, once we proof this out, make sure revenue is coming in, make sure we can do this, the long-term goal would be that I would be able to do this full-time, be the director of the programming, things like that. In the meantime, we will do what we can to get the people that have volunteered. So we have a, a list, and we've surveyed tons of people. There's a lot of people involved that want to volunteer and help out. And really, I really want to be involved in this. I think when it comes to looking at where you can be most useful in your world, I think this is where I can be most useful. I don't intend to be the one being the entrepreneur creating things in there. I intend to be the one that manages that space just because I think that's where I can be most effective. What is the prototypical person that you see 
or maybe a, a range of prototypical type people that you see being interested in a membership here? Yep. So we're really looking at, I think the entrepreneurial section is actually going to be a, a more minimal amount. Okay. We hope to really showcase those and, and bring them to fruition. Yeah. However, we really think that it's going to be more of the people that are just tinkers, people that use their hands. So after after kind of your day, daytime hours, we're expecting more, more of the students, current students, like uh, kids, things like that, get them in there, get events going, but also retirees. What we want to do is kind of merge them together, let them do natural mentorship. They'll interact together. Yeah. But if I had to say one type of person, it's the tinkerer. Right. The person that just kind of tinkers because it covers all age ranges. I mean, it could be the retiree. It could be the college student. It could be the brand new homeowner who wants to just dabble in some new new stuff. So I a little project I'm working on. Maybe I'm stuck. Yep. I got a, a membership over at this place. I bring it in. There's someone there. There's some gear there. People help me figure this thing out. We just all yep. work together. That's that's what you kind of envision. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. That's a very I want to say old school kind of. It's it's new. Yep. But it's also like I have this vision of people a hundred years ago on the Iron Range, yep. actually like getting together, hacking things, and like okay, how do we make this? How do we make this work? And well, you know, Joe over there knows how to tinker with this, and. Yep. You know, Mick over there knows how to fix this thing, and, and pretty soon you, you got something working. Is that oh, – are you yeah. trying to bring that spirit back in Oh, a yeah. Sense? We are absolutely trying to bring that spirit back. And, yeah. And that idea that, you know, back then we made everything ourselves, and, and we really are a do-it-yourself culture that we work with our hands all the time. And sometimes you don't know where to find the resource. But if you go to this space and you're – I mean, these people are sharing ideas. They're sharing their skills, their knowledge – you really have that community that shares off of each other. I want to ask how this fits into the culture of the area. You're a young guy. How old are you? Can I ask? I am 26. You're 26. Yep. So you're a young guy. You're certainly of the, you know, the millennial, yep. the, the new graduate kind of generation. Why didn't you leave? Like, why, why, why are you still here? Why, uh -huh. you know, cause so many of your peers I know got out of high school, got done. And they said, I, I can't wait to get, I can't wait to get out of here. And they left. Yep, yep. What made you stay? So really I stayed because I have family and I have roots here. But in addition to that, it, it was cheaper. So I yeah. bought my house before I ever came back to school. You know, my stuff's paid for. So why leave? Right. I, I've found that you can make decent money here and have relatively low overhead expenses for your living costs. And, and I have family, I have friends. This is where I grew up. Uh, this is where I have pride and, you find the the clicks you want to be in, and and I've found that there are those makers, those innovative people that I want to hang out with here, just like there are in the cities. How do you see this fitting into that culture? Do you feel the culture here changing a little bit? Because I mean, if if we went back, yep. I even think thirty years ago, forty years ago, certainly there would have been a different expectation that like your parents would have had of you yep. or, or society would have had of you as a, as a mid twenties guy. How has that changed and how is this part of that change? Yep. So I think that we are seeing on the iron range specifically right now that the young people not only, you know, want something different, want that new, they want that 
culture of openness. They want something different. Yeah. But they're also being vocal about it and actually asking for it. And I think that's where the change is because we've got groups like Regen. We've got kind of me and my team trying to do something different regardless of the way we've done things. And I think that that has been a bit of a change in our in our area. And I don't know that we've always been ready for it, but I think now's the time. I think that we all recognize that we want to do things differently around here. And with the mining kind of downturn, we're really, really realizing that now's the time to try things out, try new stuff. I don't know that I can really speak to 30 years ago. I, I think that I really know the here and the now and the here and the now is it's time to do it yeah yeah did you ever think about working in the mining industry i mean was that ever like something do you have family members who oh work? yeah okay you- yeah my dad worked there is full life retired i would say he wasn't happy and that that's part of it i think that i never really wanted to i think that was a route that i would was willing to go but when i was doing the diesel mechanic kind of stuff I really wasn't getting much out of my work, and it also hurts. Right. Uh, so yeah. I actually had to have uh, carpal yeah. tunnel surgery on both hands. That's and not I, easy work. No, right. no, it's right. not. And uh, so I wanted something a little different. I wanted to use my mind even if it meant a little less pay. I wanted something that really I could feel pride in, feel like I'm making a difference, and definitely was considering it just based on, pre- on money. Yeah. I mean, I could still right now go into mine as – into the mine as a laborer and make more than what I do right now. Sure, sure. How much of a difference does having the the college here make? I mean, I, I know in the in the statewide dialogue, there's a lot of arguments, and quite frankly, I think there's a lot of good arguments mm-hmm. that you know some of these range schools are redundant. I mean, you've got a lot of a lot of them that do the same thing. They're very clear with yep. they're almost within driving distance of each other. Yet, you know, I'm hearing you say, hey, I was kind of rooted up here. I wasn't really going anywhere. And here was an opportunity. Yep. How important is that? Yep. How important is that to you, but also to, you know, others yeah. that you were classmates with? In some ways, we, I would absolutely agree. I think we have redundancy. I think that sometimes we hold on to our identity as a small town, even the ones that are right next to each other, that we really want our separate schools. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that, you know, I, I'm from a manufacturing standpoint, I'm thinking lean production. I'm thinking doesn't make sense. Get rid of that one, turn that one into a makerspace right. and make the other one a school. <laughs> but as far as the colleges go, I think some could definitely be u- United, yeah. unite them, maybe two or three of them, and make that more of a university with some satellite programs through other other school districts or other colleges, and uh, I think that would make more sense. But as far as having something around here within at least thirty miles, that was huge for me. That was huge for the people around me because, for one, you're getting a high quality education for a lot less money. It's simply, and if you just look at money, it makes sense. Not only that, but I felt it was very innovative in the sense that we were doing engineering, but we were doing it project-based. We're working with industry as we do it. Right. So it was a lot like a job, and that was huge for me. Because even if I went out of our area, I wouldn't have gotten that unless I really found a school that was small enough that was kind of that one-on-one 
I thought it was huge. Yeah. And it was teaching not only what industry outside of our region wants, but it was really asking our region's employers, what do you want? So we regularly, every semester, change up the plan based on feedback from industry, from us, and I think that's huge. What do you think the future of the range is? If you were Mr. Optimistic Man, mm-hmm. which you seem like a, you I know, try. anytime you got an entrepreneurial spirit, you, you have a little bit of optimism just built into you. Yep. If you looked out a couple decades, what do you think is working well here? Like, what, what, are, you, what are you optimistic about? I am uh, most optimistic and most hopeful that we see a little bit, and we got to face it, a little bit of a change in culture. Sure. In that we're a little more open, we're a little more accepting of differences, accepting of change, and I want to see that more. I think that we've seen some of our cities grow and prosper based on their encouragement of things that you wouldn't normally think of, whether it be those uh, in the Cuyuna range, the mountain bike stuff, right? things like that, opened our eyes to a global economy and let them in. Right now, when I look at our, our area, for one, the mines only exist because we have tariffs. We cannot produce pellets at a rate that is economically viable. Right. Fact. But we're protected still. A little bit. Now, one day, what if that goes? What do we have left? Well, we got some forestry, but we we lose our resources. That's what we're based on. What I really am optimistic on, and, and which is why I'm willing to take this risk and, and put money into a makerspace, is that I think that we can be a kind of an innovation center. So you know how Silicon Valley is that kind of Google-esque, kind of shared workspace, right. shared knowledge. The high-tech high economy, tech. right. Well, that's how we do it. And and I envision that. I, I see that as the route to go because the only resource you need are the people. And we've got the people. We've got talented individuals. We've got people that can make just about anything from car parts to, to yachts to whatever we want to make. We can make it. And we can do it here. Modern day, shipping doesn't cost as much as it used to. We can make things work. And I don't think there's any reason why we can't go that route and be that just be as innovative as we can, but look at things outside our region that could bring us business, but we should have a hand in it. So not just bring outside companies, but really start our own too. When you think about that vision, yep. what are some of the obstacles? I mean, what are some of the things that, that need to change in order for that to become a broad? I mean, obviously the first one is, you're starting the makerspace yep. and you're trying to seed some of that. Yep. And I, I think that that's beautiful and it's, it's, it's really innovative. But beyond that, like as you look at the world around you, yep. what are some of the things that, that need to change or some obstacles to having that vision really be maximized? I think we really have huge obstacles in the sense of what we want doesn't always go along with what we'll do. Sure. We've got a lot of talk about what we could do, what people should do, but not a lot of walk. Mm -hmm. Crossing over and and simply recognizing that we're not walking towards a goal. And for one, we're not all unified in that goal. And I would like to see us as a region, because if, if we can unify our goal 
at least the majority of our population to be this is what we want to be this is where we're going i think we have the the potential to do it so like even sitting in on these recharge the range events and the amount of ideas are great very innovative ideas very good creative ideas for helping our region but there's too many there's not enough people behind them yeah yeah you know and and that's what i want to see is is us when I look at how you do something, I look at it as take pieces that are tangible that we can actually do. So this makerspace is my way of, I can do this. We can do this. And this is a piece that encourages that and, and kind of fosters the change. But we can't just say, oh, we want to change. All right. And then not do anything. It does seem like to me, and I'm from Brainerd. I'm not from the range. Yep. I, I'm, I'm viewing this as a... Not distant outsider, but yep. an outsider yep. from the conversation here. But we suffer from the same things. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's almost like we have the big vision, but then are paralyzed by, you know, we we've got to go find this grant, or we've got to look for this sugar yeah. daddy to come in, or what. Yep. And and there are all these small opportunities in front of us that we are either blind to or seem beneath us. Yep. Is this a similar kind of experience? Absolutely. I think that sometimes I see people's ideas or something that aren't taken off that I'm like, oh, it makes so much sense. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why? I don't understand. Is it just we're not framing it right or what? But there's just so many different ways to do it. And when you take it bite-sized chunks, it's a lot easier to handle. But when we think of it as this giant big task, it's so much harder, like, so I I would totally agree. I think that we get lost in in that massiveness of what we want to be and where how we get there. Are you generally optimistic? Are your peers generally optimistic about this place? No. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> Speak to that for a minute. I would I would say we are more in the sense of a, a realist that, but it, we ignore it. I would say that I'm not necessarily an optimist. I would say that I just want to be something different and, yeah. and want to do something different. And I don't necessarily ha- have that optimism of everyone on the range is going to be on board with this idea and we're all going to get there together. But I think that there's a, there's enough doers that will come out of the woodwork to make things happen. Yeah. So I think they're out there. I think they just don't maybe know that they can do it yet and – I think that we can work our way towards it. In a sense, I guess I, I would be optimistic of that, but uh, it's that, hard to be sometimes. I guess that's really what I'm saying. It's hard to be optimistic sometimes yeah. when there's very clearly some obstacles in front of us. Right. You're kind of insinuating to me that, and I, I see this sometimes, and I feel like sometimes a place, like, and I'll use Brainerd as an example, we get stuck yeah. in this caricature of what we perceive we used to be. Yeah. And have a hard time like breaking through to what, what we could be. Yep. Is that what's going on here? And, and, and I guess the, the parallel question of that is, is that a, is that a generational thing? I, I met with a, a guy who is a retiree today. I met with yep. a guy who's clearly like a Gen Xer like me. I mean, yep. I'm 42. He's roughly my age. They both are saying that same kind of thing. Like we're kind of mentally maybe stuck Yep. 20, 30 years ago in terms of our self-identity. Is that almost a bigger problem than than like any bit of building or infrastructure or finance? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think 
I think that it would be. I think the thing that is hard about that is that it's also in my generation. Yeah. Because that's kind of how what we were taught. It's almost an inherited belief. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. raised with that. Yep, yeah. as this is what we are. And sometimes we say it so dang much that it's like, well, well, yeah, absolutely, that's what we are. We're not going to change. That's what we are. Right. Sometimes, you know, you hear... Oh, it's this, like we expect the, the Vikings to lose. Yeah, no matter exactly. how good they are, exactly. we know they're not going to win yep. the Super Bowl. They're going to lose at some point, yep. and you just kind of like resign yourself to yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that we do that here too, in the sense that oh, this town's closed off and closed-minded. Well, they're never going to change. Well, you know, unfortunately, we're losing track of the people in that area that are different, that are wanting change, that are, and, and really, just focus on them. Yeah. And, and look at the positivity of it. I, I think that's what it comes down to is we can choose what we look at. And we're choosing, my, me and my team, choosing to look at the positives and what we can do to make them even better. Yeah. Andrew, this has been fantastic. Yeah. You've made me enthused. Awesome. Uh, I hope our listeners are enthused. And I certainly hope the people up here on the range that are maybe hearing about your thing for the first time oh. uh, are enthused. How would they get a hold of you if, if someone wants to... Like, I want to sign up and be part of Makerspace. Yep. Where do they go? What do they do? They can check out our Facebook page. They can check out our Twitter, Instagram. They can call me at 218-966-1192. They can check out ironrangemakerspace.com and just get a hold of me. Message me, call me, whatever you want to do, and we'll make something happen. So, uh, Twitter, your Iron Range Makerspace? I am I R underscore makerspace. Makerspace, gotcha. I believe. And and in Facebook, I can just search for Iron Range Makerspace. Iron Range Makerspace. I'm going to find it. Yep. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And good luck with your venture. Thank you very much, Chuck. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Keep doing what you can to build a strong town. Take care. We need your help. If you think the strong town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org. Drastic times require what? Drastic measures, yes! Who said that? They know that America's one big pothole right now. Bill, 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 Bill. That's a story. Chuck Marone, this has been fascinating. Who made the city? I like you. I like your vision of the of the world. The United Nations Earth Summit Agenda 21. Yeah.